You say right now, right here is our sweet spot. It's the crossroads of age and experience, and it produces a powerful result. Women who change the world and lead the future. This isn't the post-game show. This is the second act, the best part of any show. I love that. So good. So good. Okay. So what was going on in your life that led you to writing this book and just becoming so passionate about this midlife message? I have lost a child to a rare bacteria pneumonia. I had been raped. The man was caught. It went to a full jury trial and he's in prison for life. But then I had stage three triple negative breast cancer. My sister, a few years later, got diagnosed with cancer and she passed away. My mother had a brain aneurysm. I had a divorce. I had so many things. Hi, friend. I'm Susan Beth, and you are listening to the She Is Podcast, where we talk about living life intentionally and about trusting that the desires you have deep within you are there for a reason. I believe that the creator of the universe put those desires within you and that they are pathways to your purpose. My desire is that this would be a space that encourages you to lean in and to hear the whispers of the divine and that you would be reminded of things that I honestly believe you already know. That you, my friend, are here for a reason. So if you're here for more conversations in that kind of space, welcome. Let's go. Hey, you guys, welcome to season eight of the She Is podcast, where we are switching things up the season and sprinkling in a Thursday interview once a month, in addition to our Sunday episodes. And I'm talking with Dawn Barton in today's episode. And before I tell you a little bit about her, I wanted to make sure that you knew that the She Is Awakening Autumn Journal is now available. And I am super excited about this season's journal, y'all. The artwork, the weekly focuses, and the prompts. I just can't wait for you to get your hands on it. So I'm going to have the ordering information in the show notes so that you can get your journal before the official first day of autumn, which is coming up on the 23rd of this month. Not that you can't jump in and use this journal at any time, but I know some of you like to follow along in real time. So as I share Dawn's bio, I am sure that you're going to notice that she's full of joy and humor. So Dawn left a 30-year career in sales and marketing, despite being pretty darn good at it, like number seven sales director in Mary Kay Cosmetics Good to follow a calling and to write her first book in 2020. Laughing Through the Ugly Cry became a best-selling success, garnering the prestigious ECPA Christian Book Award for New Author of the Year. Stunned to be entering her 50s as a successful author, she was inspired to write her second book, Midlife Battle Cry, urging women to resist the pull of streaming television algorithms, and get excited about redefining the mighty second half. Dawn speaks at conferences, churches, elevators, and just about anywhere anyone will listen to her thoughts on finding joy and humor and even the most difficult of circumstances. When she's not smiling at blank pages pretending to write, Dawn is a speaker giving talks about cancer, joy, 
female empowerment, and direct sales. She's the founder of Retreats at Trinity. She's living the sandwich generation dream with her husband, daughter, parents, mother-in-law, and too many animals to count in Florida. So let's jump into my conversation with Dawn. Dawn Barton, welcome to the She Is podcast. I am, I'm really excited about having this conversation with you today. And I had shared something on my Instagram stories yesterday about interviewing you for the podcast today. And I was so surprised. I got several responses back from some of my friends that were like, I follow her too. And they were so excited. And actually, one of my friends held up her book and was like, I'm actually reading her book right now. And I had no idea. So Ah. that made my heart really happy. And I was trying to think of whose podcast I heard you on. It's been several months ago because I listened to a lot of podcasts. And I, but I think it was the time, what, what month did your book come out? Midlife Battle Cry. May. In May. It came okay. out in May. I think mm-hmm. that's when it was, in May, that I heard yeah. you on a podcast that I listened to. And as I was listening, I'm like, who is this lady? I like her. Who is she? And so what I typically do if I do connect with the person, I like them. So I went over to Instagram and found you and I started following you. And it was either that day, I know it was within a few days that I was watching you and your stories. And you said something like, this afternoon, I'm going to be going live with my sister on Instagram. And you said her name, or, I, or maybe then later was even the connection when it came on. I don't know, but I saw her name. And I was like, oh my goodness, I've been following her for the past couple of years as I've been diving deeper into art. And so she doesn't know who I am, but I've followed her for a couple of years and she's mentored me from afar, you know, through doing stories and different mentoring things that she's provided groups and things like that. And as I was just like, no way. It was just very cool to me to, to find out y'all. That are sisters. is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, um, yeah. Jody King. Yes. And so I watched y'all's live and I was cracking up because I have three other sisters too. So I get the whole sister thing and I was just cracking up just the differences and the, the bond. It was, I, I loved it. I was laughing. You'll have me laughing. It was good. Yeah, but, um, we have a blast together. Yes, she's awesome. I, I really like her. Really like her. But before we jump into your book, which is Midlife Battle Cry, and I'm, I'm holding it up right now. I love it. It's a beautiful book. And actually, that's a response I got to um, was like, I love her dress. What a beautiful dress. And I'm like, I know. Oh. <laughs> I love the dress, too. It's awesome. So um, you need to look it up and see what we're talking about if, if you're not seeing this. But before we dive into that, I would... I shared your bio and some of, talked about some of the beautiful things that beautiful work that you put out into the world at the start of this episode. But I would love for you to share a little bit about who Dawn Barton is before we just completely dive into the book. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate that. Oh gosh, what that's just it's such an open-ended question because when <laughs> I, I think of myself, I'm like. Well, I'm a mom, I'm a grandmother, I'm a caretaker. I think of all the, and a wife, I think of all the not so sexy things. Mm-hmm. But when you talk to the world and you get to say accolades, like I'm an author and I'm a speaker and, you know, those, I, I host retreats. I have a, an incredible vacation, you know, rental and those, mm-hmm. things, you know, all the things that sound so cool on the surface, but the reality of everyday life is, you know, I'm a mom and a friend and a caretaker most of the time. And, but I have this, incredible passion Mm -hmm. for women and empowering women. And it has fueled my first book and my second book, Mm -hmm. both birthed 
out of seasons of struggle. Yeah. But I, I hope they birthed what are mostly funny books, you know, funny yeah. and yeah. Uh, engaging and charming, that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, I hope and I pray I'm a woman who makes a difference in, in other women's lives. Yeah. Well, you are. You are. Know that for sure. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm very excited that we're having this conversation today. And I, I haven't ever talked about something like this on the podcast. And, and if I did say that, clearly, you're, the latest book that I'm holding in my hand is Midlife Battle Cry. It's Dawn's latest book. Because you, you, you wrote one, was it a year or two ago? It came out uh, three years before called Laughing, okay. Laughing Through the Ugly Cry. Okay. I have not read that one, but this one is so good. And you mentioned making people laugh. You definitely make people laugh. It's, it's one of those where, you know, you're sharing some hard truth, but then, you know, so you're starting to tear up and then you just start cracking up just the way, you know, you lead your readers through that. It's beautiful. And it's, oh, I loved thanks. it. I, I was, I laughed a lot. I did. Good, but I mean, but I'm excited about having this conversation, even though I know that the audience that listens to my podcast has a vast range. I know there's some young adult women that watch the uh, listen, listen to the podcast and as well as some teenagers that listen and as well as, you know, some young moms and on up. So I know we have quite the range. And so everybody doesn't fit into midlife, although that's where I'm at. So I know that's probably what I am attracting. For the most part, but I think it's important that the teenagers and the young adults hear what we're going to talk about because that's kind of even the point of your book <laughs> that that um, the midlife needs a reframing, and I so agree. Just this past July, I turned fifty-seven, so just a few months ago, I turned fifty-seven, and I was can't remember now if I made a post or just something in my story, but when I was doing it, I I felt very strongly about, I want to put my age and I don't always put my age, not for any reason, but it was like, I wanted to put my age. I'm like, I'm putting my age because it's just a number and I'm that number. And maybe somebody needs to see that I'm 57 years old and this is what I look like. Not that I'm saying I'm all that, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, this is who I am and I'm 57 years old. And I do think there does to me need to be a re reframe because I know for myself, as I've been getting older, I kept waiting for something to hit me of like, I'm going to wake up one day or on the next birthday, all of a sudden I'm going to be like, oh my goodness, I feel old or I'm old. Not that I don't feel some things, but <laughs> you know, I mean, I just thought I would have this definite shift of like, oh wow, it's, you know, downhill from here. And instead it was like the opposite. I, I never felt like, oh, you know, mentally and emotionally, it's like, I didn't have that shift of feeling like, okay, I'm old now. If anything, it's kind of like stuff ramped up, <laughs> you know, and you talk about this, you know, the confidence and entering that, it was just like, that's what became stronger. And um, at my birthday a few weeks, months ago, one of my daughters wrote in my card, she said something like, you make us excited to be in our fifties and are setting the bar high. And it, that just made me so happy um, because I want my daughters to know that once their children start having children, that it's not downhill, you know, that their life's over and it's all a downhill hill journey. And, and most of the passion that I feel with, you know, doing the podcast and the things that I do and the whole, the whole she is message is may, it comes from what the message I want my daughters and my granddaughters to hear clearly about God's intention for women and, you know, midlife and growing older and aging is, is part of that. So I'm really excited you know, about 
having this conversation today. And I want to start with something you wrote in your intro. So let me let me find it. To start us off, it's, you said, the truth is, our midlife is just a pivot point. And it's not determined by a particular number. It's a season, a change, and an awakening. God doesn't bring us to the middle of our lives and say, thanks so much for your service. We had a terrific run. Now watch some Netflix and I'll call you when your time is up. There is no midlife to God. We are his gift to this world at every age and every season. But I believe that this season and this age are the best yet. In the second half of life, we are more ourselves than we have ever been. Ah, I love that, Dawn. I love it. And I love it for several reasons, but I know you don't know this, but I talk a lot about seasons here. And also this past year, I just came out with a seasonal journal for each season, and it's called the She is Awakening Seasonal Journal. So your words about season and awakening are right up my alley and something I talk a lot about, but I could not agree with, with that more. And that's what it's felt like for me, this pivot point and almost an escalation of how I have felt getting to that, that point. And, and I want to read before I hand it over to you again, I want to read the, on the next page. And this is, this is still in the introduction, people. You say right now, right here is our sweet spot. It's the crossroads of age and experience, and it produces a powerful result. Women who change the world and lead the future. This isn't the post-game show. This is the second act, the best part of any show. I love that. So good. So good. Okay. So what was going on in your life that led you to writing this book and just becoming so passionate about this midlife message? Well, you know, first of all, you have to understand books come out so much later than after they're written, right? They, right. they the whole process takes so long. Mm -hmm. So at the time, I was just finishing up with book number one. Okay, and uh, kind of when it, we moved, and I stepped into this role as a caretaker, and it was just well. Let me back up just a little. I had left a career from I was actually with Mary Kay Cosmetics, and I was the number seven producer in the nation. Wow. And I had a dream. I know I sound crazy when I say that part. No. And um, <laughs> to, to write my first book. And I left Mary Kay, took a leap of faith. And so I went into this, the, the first book came out, I went, but I went into this quiet season. Actually, the book wasn't out yet. It, it was this lull point before it came out. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling so invisible and like yeah. I was this racehorse who had been put out to pasture. Mm. And I, I, I just thought you can't possibly be done with me. This is yeah. can't possibly be the end of the road, you know, like yeah. surely it's not, but I did feel that very quiet season of uh, feeling a little, like I said, invisible lost. Mm -hmm. The world was done with me. I didn't, I was unclear on my next steps, my giftings, but I started to realize this was just a pivot point in life. Just like in our 20s when we have little kids and you're at, in that season where you're covered in like spit up and you haven't <laughs> showered for three weeks and you're like, is my life done? Was yeah. that, is this it? Is right. this truly life today? And it's the same thing at this, it's a moment of redefining. And I figured that mm -hmm. out from talking to so many of my friends that were in the same position and everybody was just in this flailing season. So I decided to just tackle it uh, 
strategically, honestly, Mm -hmm. like truly, you know, in the seasons when you're, when you were first dating your spouse, how, when you wanted to know everything about them, you wanted to know (laughs) their favorite candy bar, you wanted to know their favorite color, where they wanted to go eat, what they liked, everything, right? You just could not get enough. Right. And I wanted to do that with me because I was at a point where I remember walking into my closet and I joked that it was like a Morticia Adams closet (laughs) and it was filled with just black and gray and white. And Mm -hmm. I just had this moment where I thought, when did you quit wearing color? You used to love like coral. When Mm -hmm. when did you just quit standing out in color and dressing in this joyful way? So it just sent me on this journey to really discover who I was in the season of life. And from that, birthed a book. Wow. I, I love that. And and that is such a common place that we can find ourselves in because you're in a particular season where life just has you running on the same road. And then all of a sudden that changes and it's kind of like, okay, where am I going from here? And you kind of have to stop sometimes and reevaluate and see where that is. You You ask a question on page three. That says, so why do we, standing at this midpoint in our lives, not continue to look ahead with the same sense of hope and expectation? Why don't we still believe that the best is yet to come? I think that's such a good question. And I think that's the question that's so important when we're at that, like what you're talking about, when we're at that point where it's like, where do we go from here? Yeah, I think we do this thing where we draw this invisible line mm-hmm. in our in our life and our minds. And to one side of the line are all the great miracles of our life, right? Yeah. Like our first career, our children, our marriage, our all of those things, the the big first, yeah. the big miracles in life. And we subconsciously believe that on this other side of that invisible line will be less filled with these miracles and blessings. It will be devoid of right. as much goodness and richness as the first. And that's just a flat out lie. But I will yeah. tell you this, if you live in the place of believing that, that will be the future. But right. if you live in an expectant mindset uh, that there's just as much good stuff to come, so much richness comes from it. Yes. No, I, I so agree with you that it could go either way. <laughs> and that's why mm-hmm. I think it's important that we have this conversation. And even for the younger women to be hearing this, because I think it's a time of life that can really throw people. You know, the kids move out and life starts changing and your days look different and you can feel like your purpose has totally changed. And unless you are reframing that, then, right, you could slip into depression. And like you're saying, that could very well play out the way you hope it doesn't. And and it does feel downhill. Yeah. And I do think for a lot of women, it is tied to kids leaving mm-hmm. because so much of their identity right. has been wrapped up in that. Mm-hmm. For me, that was not the case. My my child is 16 right now. And then my other one is 33. Okay, So I that was not the case. It was just that I think mine was, was fueled by uh, the, this changing of careers. Mm-hmm. And then this, this move that we made, we moved from within town, but 20 miles out, we bought a property with 23 acres and we moved in my mother-in-law into the main house and my parents next door. And so I kind of stepped into this 
unplanned caretaker role, mm-hmm. which was really, really hard for me. I'm not one of the natural born caretakers. There are some people that are so yeah. good at it and they're blessed with it and natural at it. It was really hard for me. And I thought you've given me all these gifts of writing and speaking and working with women and I'm doing none of them. Mm-hmm. Have you forgotten me? Are you done with me? So th- th- I think we need to be aware that it isn't always tied to that. It's just that I think we mature and we grow. And sometimes we need those hard stops mm-hmm. to redefine who we are. Yeah. And it's a good thing. It doesn't feel right. good. But if you can, if you'll, if you'll be in the battle with it right. and, you know, to come out the other side, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I, I had mentioned, I guess, at the start that I have felt like an acceleration, but I think that is because of some of what you just said. I think there have been some really hard spots, you know, even like in the last decade that were connected to identity that I've had to press into and work through to where I think if that hadn't happened, then I would have found myself in a totally different space. But because I did lean into you know, those just getting still and really pressing into God, how have you made me? You know, why am I here? I want to use the gifts and be who you've called me to be. I think to, just to continue growing how, I've, you know, and it hasn't, been, it hasn't been easy, you know, at all. I mean, it was very hard in those times, but just to continuing to grow, I think that when I did get to a point where kids were leaving and then starting their own families, I was kind of in a different place in how I felt with my purpose at that point. It wasn't all wrapped up in them, which, you know, parenting never stops even after, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it changes how mm-hmm. it is, but you know what I'm saying? Your, your family's your family and you're still intertwined. But yet the day-to-day living obviously changes as, as, as children move out and start their own lives and get older. But I think I had already kind of grown in some ways to where, so when I say acceleration, it was almost like I had even more time, concentrated time to put into some of those things, dreams and desires that God had put in my heart. But I, but I, I loved seeing how in the book you talked about and even gave some tools because I think so many women get to that point and it's like, they don't even know. You know, it's like, it's been so long since they have thought of themselves, I say, you know, first in the sense of, you know, it's like they don't even know if somebody asked them what they wanted. They're not used to putting them, them being the one that answers that question. It's kind of like, well, what do the kids need to do? It's like everything else coming first. It's like they don't even know. And so I know there's like a whole section or chapter in your book where you give some very practical examples walking women through. And actually, didn't you? I think that I read that you do something like every year, some kind of challenge, love challenge, is it? So yeah, I started this, it originally started as a 14 day challenge and it was birthed from this season, like I said, of, of trying to figure out who I was and what I liked. And it started with something as simple of, as what was my favorite color to wear. Mm-hmm. And then I went through like fragrances. What fragrance did I like? I went through, what did I like to eat for? I just went on this discovery thing. So I decided just to start putting those prompts written down. And every year at Valentine's Day, I do the I Love Me Challenge so that women for 14 days just go back to falling in love with the self. And then we expanded it for the book. Yeah. And to be a 21 day challenge 
21. And it even includes something as this was so hard to do. And I don't even know where I got it from. But to stand in front of a mirror, one of the prompts is to stand in front of a mirror naked, ideally alone. Because <laughs> yeah. it's so emotional For to sure. do. <laughs> and you start, you start from the top of your head and you go down every single piece of your body and you thank God for it. And you, why? So, you know, an obvious one or one that let's say on our face, you know, thank you for these wrinkles that were created by laughter and emotion. Mm -hmm. Thank Mm -hmm. you for this, these breasts that are now saggy that were, you know, (laughs) part of nursing my children. Thank you for this tummy that's filled with stretch marks that, you know, but the different things that this body has done. Yeah. And thanking him, you know, for not, I've always battled with weight. So for me, it was, you know, thank you for giving me a life where I can, I have excess food, you know, that unfortunately, but I wanted to change everything to a positive mm-hmm. perspective. That's beautiful. And so it, it, I've done it several times. It's hard every time and I cry every time, mm. but there's such a beautiful connection that happens with ourselves. Yeah. And I think that that's my biggest battle cry right now to women is that, you're so magnificent. You're so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You're so gifted. Please don't pull back. Yeah. Please, the world is not done with you. Yeah. You do not need to be put in a room and close the doors. Right. We need every piece of you. I think society needs the wisdom of older women more than ever before. And, and, and just like I want to sit at the feet of women in their you know 70s and 80s and above, and I think somebody younger than me needs to sit at that. We should always yes. have someone younger and someone older yeah. in our lives because we there's so much that comes from both sides. I so agree. And that's actually one of the things I wanted to bring up that you talk about in the book that it's, it's interesting how we're at this point in our life that we have so much more to offer than we've ever had. <laughs> you know, uh, from experience and, and hopefully wisdom of learning through the years. But yet, because, you know, maybe it's because of just, you know, things that we've heard or what we see, you know, images we see, you know, on social media or media, you know, but there's obvious messages about age. So I'm, I'm sure that's where a lot of that comes from, because even though we're at this point where we have so much to offer, it's like so many women can find themselves when they come to midlife when they're walking into rooms and they look around and most of the women seem younger than them, they have a tendency to want to shrink back. And, and right. They, but they I, have- I, yeah, I'm so sorry. Um, I will say, I think a little bit of that is, well, a piece of that is uh, media and, and the messages of Hollywood yeah. and so, mm-hmm. so on. But I do think that's very much changing yes. because I mean, because the, like the women from Friends are my age now. So all these women that are still <laughs> yeah. thriving, dynamic, beautiful women are all in their 50s now. Right. But I think that still the biggest piece of the problem is us. Yes. We believe that we don't have something. We mm-hmm. believe that we're less than walking into a room of younger women right. rather than we believe more that, oh, look what they get to be around. I mean, we believe that there's something wrong with us because we're older yeah. rather than it's a blessing to be in, in a mm-hmm. room of younger women to be, you know, that we're just as valuable. We're just as magnificent, if you will, than they are. Yeah. Oh, so our, our boobs aren't, but the rest <laughs> of us is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, I love that. I think that's a beautiful and such an important point that we need to, to remember. And, and, and I, that did stand out to me in your book, how you did, even though 
we can blame media and culture and all those things. In the end, it's only going to change when we change it and we, when we keep showing yeah. up. And I remember thinking that because when, I mean, I don't know how it was for you, but I know when my kids were home, it's like I did get new clothes, but it's like, you know, it's like you, the, the priority was they're, they were, you know, more in growing stages. So, and we had five children. So it was kind of like, okay, most of the clothing money was going to update their wardrobes. Yeah. So then once they're growing up and buying their own clothes, people probably think, oh, she dresses a lot different, but it's because, well, cause I'm not looking out for, you know, and shopping for five other kids, but there was, there is part of me at times because people will comment and I think, oh, do they think I'm dressing too young for, which I mean, I'm not wearing any, something weird. I mean that, but yet I'm like, who, it's like, I did have to remind myself. I'm like, who's setting these rules? I mean, where is a rule of what your hair needs to look like and your clothing needs to look like at a certain age or that or your lifestyle? It's like, who made up those rules? I don't have to go by those rules, but it was, yeah. it was me. Nobody came and said, oh, you're good. And we all like it. It's kind of like, doesn't really matter who likes it. It's like, it's my decision and it, what I desire makes me comfortable and is enjoyable and what I desire. So no, I think that's a great reminder that we have to take responsibility in all that. Absolutely. Another thing I wanted to mention, Dawn, was I love how on your Instagram bio, it says author, speaker, and then joyologist. And I love that. I love that word. And to me, it is such a great description of you. Because from just the first time seeing you and like watching your stories, I mean, joy, it just radiates out of you. And Aww. like like we do, then one could assume that because that word is in your bio and, and just your presence and how that joy radiates, they could assume that you've had a really joyful life and haven't had to walk through anything hard and that your heart's never been broken or shattered. and. After following you just for a short while, I know that's not the case. I know that's that that, that is so not the case. That, that, that that's quite the opposite. Yeah, that that joy is coming from a deep well. And you know, tell us. I would love everybody to you know. You don't have to go into detail of, uh, with your whole yeah. story, but just some of the things that you have had to navigate that we wouldn't necessarily equate with the word joy. Yeah, the first book is a is a book about joy, and it was birthed from this, these stories of my life, you know, in my life, I have, I have lost a child to a rare bacteria mm. pneumonia. I had been raped. The man was caught. It went to a full jury trial and he's in prison for life. But then I had stage three, triple negative breast cancer. My sister, a few years later, got diagnosed with cancer and she passed away. My mother had a brain aneurysm. I had a divorce. I had so many things. But the whole point of that book is that, well, I think two things happen in lives filled with hardships. When you have faith, and part of my life I did and part of my life I didn't, there is this incredible blessing that happens in hardship because you have this closeness mm -hmm. in the valleys of life yeah. with, with God. Right. And so I, as crazy as it sounds, I kind of feel a little lucky that I've had the not lucky that I lost a child and all that, but lucky that I got to experience my faith at a level mm. that a lot of people don't mm -hmm. get to. I get that. And so I am just determined that, to keep talking about that joy 
is, and I, I like that. I love the saying joy is a choice because I do believe that as a whole joy is a choice, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't, I'm not talking about you just lost your child. Gosh, darn, why aren't you joyful right now? There is no joy in that season. Right. You know, of course there's a season of grief and then, you know, getting through that. And I believe that we should fully grieve deeply through the things we go through. But after that, there is a point where we have to get up and we have to, you know, be a participant in our own rescue. Mm-hmm. You know, life is, you're not meant to be, we're not meant to be spectators of life. We are right. meant to be wild participants of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I could talk to you forever. You, your, your life has been hard and beautiful. And I mean, I love reading through this book, I'm going to have to get the, the first book because I, I can tell it tells a lot of some of the background into some of the stories that you even talk about in this book, Midlife Battle Cry. So good. But I, I don't want to get off this episode without you talking about retreats that you do at Trinity, retreats, retreats at Trinity, I believe is how you call it. What'd you call uh-huh. it? Yeah. Uh, I'd like to hear a little bit about yeah. that. And then also, I know that you're starting a book club for the Mid- Midlife Battle Cry that I would love for anybody that's interested to hear about. Yeah, I, the, the book club will be going on. So it, the book club actually starts September, today, September 6th, the day we're recording, but the it lasts for five weeks. But what's so great about it is that everything is recorded. And it's, okay. uh, we did a, the publishers did a free book club kit that they can use in small groups and just gather their friends. I think that is one of the biggest things I want to come out of this book is women and community and gathering and talking about the season of life mm-hmm. and battling through it in a mighty, beautiful way together. Yeah. So I, I love that they did that and it's allowed me to- How fun. To, I love that. To do this with friends. Yeah. And as for the retreats, so you know, one of the great things about this age is we kind of get to decide who we're going to be when we grow up, right? What do we mm. like and what do we don't like? We right. get really good at saying no to stuff. Right. And as I analyzed my life and I just thought, what do I love to do? And believe it or not, I don't love to write. I was never, I'm not somebody who journals. I'm not, it's really hard for me. Yeah. I acknowledge that I'm, you know, I have a talent in doing it, but it is not a natural gifting of mine that I do with ease. It, mm-hmm. It's a, it's a lot of work. Yeah. But one of the things I do do with ease that I love, that I love, that I love is that I love to work with women. I love to, to help women see and release the giant that's inside of them. So I, I thought about here we live on this property, this magnificent 23 acres that are, it's just wow. this breathtaking property. We did not build it. It was already like this. And when we were trying to buy it, I remember praying over it and said, God, if you will give us this property to pull all of our family together, I will always honor you and joy will happen here. Mm. Healing will happen here, all of this. So then I began the retreats at, the retreats at Trinity. And so we do it, a spring one and a fall one. Okay. And only 15 women. I bring in two other really good teacher women and it changes sometimes one of us is my best friend but the other one the other participant changes and we work with women for three days and it's so funny we take this picture on their first day and that we take pictures of them on their third day and the difference is day and night wow and i i knew that i knew that i knew I, that women 
we desperately need community, mm-hmm. right? We need friends. Yes. And so many of us right now are so lonely. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know if it's this season of life or I don't know. I don't know if it's COVID and technology. I, I don't know what it is, but we're lonely and we, we need to do something about it and change it. So I wanted to create a space where 15 women could come together. And by the end of it, we're so bonded and so connected that from it would birth friendships to last a lifetime. That's beautiful. So with eat, you know, that women would find one to two in that, that have something incredible grows. Mm-hmm. And we just so easily forget how valuable and needed we are yeah. in this world. And, you know, I heard this story years ago and this woman was listening to a speaker on the stage and she was sitting to a friend with a friend next to her. And the woman on the stage was talking about your why, like your purpose, you know, like Mm -hmm. what's your big motivational why behind something? Yeah. And she looked at the person next to her and she goes, I've never had this big why, you know, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't have the big why. And he looked at her and he goes, because when you die, you don't want to stand before God and him look at you and say, oh my gosh. Look at that gift and that gift and that gift and that gift that are unopened. Mm-hmm. And you know, that one right there, that one was so good, but you were so fearful of what people would think of you. You never mm-hmm. opened it. And that one right there, you were scared to go to that event because you were, you were five pounds over what you wanted to weigh yeah. and you didn't go and you missed out on that mm-hmm. gift and that gift over there. It's because you don't want to stand before him with unopened gifts because you your big holdback in life is fear. And I think the enemy would love for us to stay in a place of fear and to, to not open all these magnificent gifts he yeah. has for us. But he, you have a purpose just as big and beautiful today as you did 40 years ago, 10 right. years ago, whatever it is in your mind. Mm-hmm. So that is a straight up lie and the world needs more of you. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> That's awesome. Amen. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure that uh, people could go to your website or where was the best place? Like if they're interested in attending one of these retreats or, you know, just connecting with you further and with, and just knowing what's going on. I mean, social media, obviously Instagram and are you Don Barton, just Don Barton, Don Barton, Don Barton.com. Okay. That, that has all of it. I am most active on Instagram, which okay. is Don R Barton. Okay. And, but, and I respond to all my own messages. So um, it, it's just me. I'm just not that <laughs> important to there. So like a massive, yeah. massive staff, yeah. you know, responding to everything. And, and I'm also on Facebook, which is also Don R. Barton. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I'd okay, love awesome. to connect. Okay. Yeah. No, that's what you, you do that well. I mean, I know when I've, I've shot you little messages, like in responding to your stories and you always respond back and, and chat. So that's awesome because <laughs> you do, because that's what my husband had asked me. He said, now, have y'all actually talked before? And I'm like, well, no, we haven't in person, but I kind of feel like we have because <laughs> she's talking to me in her Instagram stories and then I'm responding back <laughs> and we chat through there. So it's awesome. But I no, like, I, t- I tell I on Instagram in the morning, I do those porch ramblings, as yes. I call them um, in the mornings. And I joke that it's my therapy. So I, I, I hate that you guys have to really be a part of my therapy in the mornings and hey. just me talking and you having to listen. <laughs> We enjoy it. relationship. <laughs> it, it is. And it makes us all feel less alone because we can all relate to what you're, what you're sharing. So, right. Yeah. We, I hope we so. enjoy it. We enjoy it. But no, I seriously, I thank you for taking the time. I know you have a lot going on, especially today. So I thanks for being here. What a gift you are to the world. And it's been my absolute joy. I have so enjoyed chatting with you and listening to you. And thank you for using your voice to champion women, to be all that God designed and created us to be. 
and knowing that that's going to continue as long as we're here in this earth. And um, everybody needs to go get this book. If you're midlife battle cry, you will laugh and you're probably going to shed a tear or two, but mainly laugh. It's mm-hmm. awesome. And it's available wherever books are okay. sold. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Dawn. Thank I appreciate thank it. You. Okay. Thanks so much. Hey, you. Thanks for listening. And if you would like to connect more, head over to SusanBeth.com and sign up and you will be one of the first to find out about anything new. Plus, there's a special free download available just to say thanks. If something in this episode did speak to you, would you do me a favor and share it with a friend that you think it might resonate with as well? And until next time, keep showing up in the world just as God purposed you to do. Because you being you is exactly what we all need. of Amplify Life Media.